Hi, everybody. It's Bill Foley. You might have heard that I am running for chief executive of Butte Silver Bowl. I tried to keep that out of the podcast, but I am running to restore transparency to our local government and give the courthouse back to the people of Butte and Silver Bowl County. Join me as we hold a campaign kickoff party at 6 p.m. on Saturday, January 13th at the Knights of Columbus Hall. Join me for some great food, music by my good buddy Sean Amon, and some great conversation. It should be a great time. That is 6 p.m. on January 13th at the Knights of Columbus Hall. I'll see you there. Dr. Michelotti of Helena Orthopedic Clinic grew up in Butte. My next door neighbor in Butte was the trainer for Butte High School. And so pretty much from third grade on, I was in the Butte High training room and that had a lot of influence on me. We get to care for people with everything from ankle fractures to hip fractures in older folks, elbow fractures or injuries in little kids. Most people come to you with a problem that most of the time we can fix. Hopefully we've made their lives a little bit better. Helena Orthopedic Clinic, now taking appointments at their new location in Butte. Hi, I'm Casey Kalsman, a 2022 Mirage Challenge scholarship winner, and here's what Mirage Challenge means to me. It means staying true to myself and not giving in to peer pressure. It means saying no to underage drinking and never getting into a vehicle with a driver who is impaired. It means setting a positive example for generations to follow. It means growing old and helping others do the same. I'm Casey Kalsman, and I accept Mirage Challenge. I hope you join me and show that you too are viewed tough. Today's podcast is brought to you by Casa Grandis Steakhouse. From day one, Casa Grandis has been a proud sponsor of the Buttecast. It has also long been the place to go for fine dining in the mining city. At Casa Grandis, they welcome you not as a customer, but as a part of their extended family. Oh, and the food is to die for. From mouthwatering steaks to fresh sushi, the family-owned restaurant is sure to leave you satisfied. Stop in tonight for dinner or quench your thirst at Guido's Bar. Also, don't forget Casa Grande's wide range of personalized catering options for any sized occasion. Weddings, parties, receptions, holiday get-togethers, and more. Casa Grande's has been catering the Butte Sports Hall of Fame banquets, and the meal is always a highlight of the special night. Casa Grande Steakhouse. Eat where the locals eat. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Butte Cast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, you, America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Woo-hoo! Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Proud to be from Butte, America, USA. We held the Butte Sports Hall of Fame Public Forum Tuesday night at the McQueen Club. It really was a great night. We had 20 speakers make their case for a nominee in front of the selection committee. I went back and forth for a while on whether or not to record the forum, and now I'm really glad I did. There were some really good talks on behalf of some really outstanding nominees. We heard from people like Bernie Boyle, John Thatcher, Mike McGree, and Bob Green, just to name a few. It was just pretty cool to be in the same room as four great coaches like Thatcher, Green, John McElroy, and Jim Street. Street is on the selection committee, and McElroy was just there to take it all in. All four have green jackets as members of the Butte Sports Hall of Fame. One of the coolest things was hearing the testimony from a couple of people speaking on behalf of the late, great Don Tamietti, or Cyclops, as we called him. During those talks, we learned how he lost his eye, and we learned what was behind that passion he had for teaching young kids how to wrestle. 
I encourage you to listen to the end of this one to hear one of his former wrestlers, Franklin Schwartz, speak on behalf of Tammy Eddy. It really was touching. I reached out to the McQueen Club, which was such a gracious host, back in September to schedule the event for Monday night. I checked every sports schedule I can think of and still scheduled on the night of the National Championship football game. You'd think I could have consulted with a sports writer before doing that. So we had to move it to Tuesday. Unfortunately, Butte Central's basketball teams were on the road last night, and that cut into the number of speakers we had. However, several people sent in videos on behalf of candidates because they were going to miss the forum. If you are listening and wish you would have spoken for someone, you can still send in a video or a letter of recommendation. Just make a short video on your phone and send it to me. You can email it at full 74 at gmail.com or text it to me at 406-491-3022. In the meantime, consider this podcast a lecture in Butte Sports history. The volume might go up and down depending on the speaker. Be ready to turn the volume down just a bit when I introduce Coach Bob Green. So, with that, here's the Butte Sports Hall of Fame Public Forum 2024. We have a three-minute time limit on people here. Uh, First time I did it, Sonny Holland spoke about nine minutes, and who am I to tell Sonny Holland to be quiet? So it kind of threw up. But we really uh, hope you keep it to three minutes. Phil Madrazo might be armed, and he's a strict uh, three-minute guy. So uh, when, I, when I call your name, if you guys could just come up here in front of the microphone. You don't have to stand in front of just just generally in this area here. And and say your piece for about three minutes, and uh, and then we'll let the next people come on. So at that, we'll start. Uh, first up, we got... Uh, Big red-headed guys around here somewhere. Bill Melvin is going to speak for the West Side Boxing Club. And next up will be Terry Lawner. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, you guys, for your uh, volunteerism on this. And uh, you guys have a very hard job. Um, I'm here uh, nominating the West Side Boxing Club in 1980. They went to the state Golden Glove tournament. There was five of them that went. Four of them ended up going through the tournament undefeated, knocking every one of their opponents out. I did provide everybody with a sheet of paper about it. Um, I did provide Bill with a packet of all of the uh, background on it, the, the uh, paper articles and stuff like that. From that, they went on to the regional tournament in Denver, where one of the fighters, Jim Crowley, did go on to the national championship. And two of the fighters fought for the championship, and one lost in the semifinals. So, it's a strange thing that boxing clubs, you don't see large boxing clubs. There's not a team trophy per se, just because there's no community that has enough kids to give a team trophy. So when you think five boxers went to the state golden gloves, four of them, every fight they had won by knockout and went on to a regional tournament is unique. I know there's a standard on teams and this would be unique, but I think these four gentlemen deserve a good look. It was about 44 years ago. Thank God they're all still alive. I'd appreciate your consideration. If anybody hasn't gotten a letter, Gina. Thank you very much. I can ask to answer any questions. All right, again, if anybody wants to speak, I have the sign-in sheet here. Just come see me. I'll be standing over here. Uh, next up, we have Terry Lawner, who drove in from Bozeman to speak for Martha Apostle Lawner. 
skier back in the day. Hopefully the roads weren't too bad for Terry driving over. I'm just glad I didn't have to drive on these roads. It was rough enough driving down Continental. <laughs> Good evening, committee members, or should I say, how's she going and what do you know? As, as the Butte Monitor, Butte Monitor would say. Uh, my name is Terry Lawner, like Bill mentioned, and I'm very proud to, to be here to be nominating uh, Martha Apostle Lawner, my wife. Uh, she was an outstanding skier, of course, for, for Butte, and uh, there were two other co-nominators, but they're both deceased. One was Connie Kenny, and the other one was Dave Kiltz. And they both died not long after the, the, the first uh, nomination that we did in 2021 for the 2022 Hall of Fame. I've kind of got a bug, so I'm not, I'm not too with it right now. With something happened today on the way here, I think, coming from Los Angeles. Uh, I'm assuming that all of you have at least a PDF form, this booklet that uh, that was given out to Bill. I, I think that. Okay, okay. I'll just uh, <coughs> summarize something about Martha. She won Butte's Beef Trail Ski Championship for senior women four years in a row. She was the leading member of the Butte High school girls ski team four years in a row. She was the first girl ever awarded a varsity letter for skiing uh, or any other varsity sport at Butte High School four years in a row. I only had three stripes and she had four. So uh, that kind of upset me when we were going together. But anyway, uh, she was the leader in the Butte High School Girls Championship ski team two years in a row. She won the individual girls combined state championship two years in a row. She won the most uh, high school ski area meets in Montana four years in a row. She was undefeated uh, in all of the Montana high school uh, ski meets for, for her senior year, which included eight different ski meets around the state in both the slalom and ski and downhill courses. Now, the Montana High School Association sanctioned skiing as a varsity sport in the early 1960s. And so there were ski meets all around Western Montana. And uh, the Beef Trail probably was the smallest of the hills compared to Whitefish, you know, and the, the Bridger. And there, there was no big sky back then. But anyway, uh, that little hill at Beefville produced some pretty good skiers, very good skiers, in fact. Uh, she was undefeated in all of the Montana High School sanctioned ski meets her senior year, which included eight different meets around, I think I already said that. She was awarded the Butte Athletic Council's Outstanding Skier Award two years. Uh, Sweet Dahlberg was involved with that. She was selected as a member of the Northern Rocky Mountain Ski Association team competing in the annual junior uh, 
national ski championships throughout the United States four years in a row. She also won races in Aspen and Sun Valley. Uh, uh, it also should be noted that that these ski meets required a, quite a bit of travel by private individuals. They, there was no bus like there is for the, the, the big sport, football, track, wrestling, and so on. And uh, coming here today, reminiscent of what it was like when she was skiing, they had to travel through a lot of rough road conditions, and a lot of those conditions were two-wheel drive. Uh, I think my three, three minutes is about up, isn't it? <laughs> Has any, okay. This is a, an example. She was a good enough skier to sometimes beat the boys' times, and there was a ski meet at the, then called Rainy Mountain down by Dillon. And what they did at that ski, on that downhill race, they had red gates and they had blue gates. And the boys did all the blue gates, but they wanted the red gates, they wanted the girls to give them an option to go to the red gates because they didn't want them going too fast. Well, she was clocked at over 60 miles an hour and won that race. And I was there and it was pretty amazing. She just, she, uh, you know, she, she could ski like a demon, but she could still act like a lady. And uh, there's one other thing I want to say here, though, that's important, and then I'll have to say something else about another person that was going to be here, and that was going to be Sonny Holland's daughter, Heidi Holland. But she came down with a norovirus Sunday, so she couldn't make it. Bill had uh, Connie on one of his podcasts last February, I think it was last February. And I'm going to just make a little quote here. Uh, she, uh, Bill stated, maybe we can do this again if Martha gets elected into the Hall of Fame. Connie said, I certainly hope so. She is one of the finest young ladies I've ever known in my life. Bill, now did you coach her? I coached her, but you really couldn't coach Martha. She was better than anyone in the state. So, uh, I think that that's all I want to say because everything is really in this booklet here. But now there's that other, I mentioned that Heidi was going to be here and is it okay if I take her three minutes? Yeah, I think we can. It's, 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 she, she, uh, so she wanted me to read her little script that she was going to have. Uh, good evening members of the Butte Sports Hall of Fame Selection Committee. It is an honor for me to, to to represent my dad's endorsement and co-nomination for Martha Apostle Lawner into the Butte Sports Hall of Fame class of 2024. Before I read my father's words written on Martha's behalf that he wrote in March of 2022, he died later that year, Sonny did, in December. But anyway, he had this letter written and signed, and I'm gonna give you a copy of the letter. Uh, uh, I think that it's really important to to realize that the uh, 
that Dave Kelce and Connie Kenny were really knew something about the sport of skiing, and they were very, very good coaches. Uh, Connie, she was the coach for the girls' ski team and the boys' ski team one year when Dave couldn't make it. Uh, he was too busy with his with his Votech schooling, and uh, he was also very instrumental in petitioning the Montana High School Association to get skiing sanctioned as a varsity sport. Uh, so, uh, they were inducted into the Butte Sports Hall of Fame, those two coaches, in 1961 and also Connie in 1962. Uh, okay. Uh, Connie, uh, she really uh, knew how to pick out athletes. As my dad taught me, good coaches are able to spot in athleticism and talent when they see it. And that's what Connie did. And she, she, said, she said that, uh, well, she pointed out that the Butte High School team had a prodigy in their ranks with Martha. And she demonstrated exceptional talent and still and because uh, we'll still ski on them uh, pretty pretty tough conditions, pretty steep mountains. So what I want to do now, though, is I'm going to simply read what Sonny said. I'll give you a copy, and then I'll be gone. Okay. I would like I would like to be added as a co-nominator for Martha Lawner to be in inducted into the Butte Sports Hall of Fame. I grew up in Butte living only a few houses away from where she lived and witnessed her training and competitiveness to develop into one of Montana's best champion skiers. Not only was she a champion uh, skier during all of her competitive ski uh, races sponsored by the Butte Ski Club and the Beef Trail Ski Area, but continued her championship accomplishments during her high school years and beyond, and beyond representing Butte, Butte High, and, uh, and uh, Montana. I also think it is very noteworthy that she was a pioneer athlete leading the way for high school women to become eligible for varsity sports several years before Title IX was enacted. There is no doubt in my mind that she belongs in the Butte Sports Hall of Fame. And then uh, Heidi, she wanted me to say, say this. Uh, as my dad might have said, now is the time and this is the place to induct Martha Apostolano into the Butte Sports Hall of Fame class of 2024. And uh, I'll just give, if you, if you could uh, pass this around. <laughs> and that's all I have to say for now. Thank you very much. You. Yeah. Just under three minutes, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> we gave him six minutes because, yeah, as you said, Sonny's daughter was coming and she got sick. Terry, drive safely. Thanks for coming over. Uh, next up, we have uh, Tom Peterson. She got some stuff here. Tom's Peterson to speak for Craig Tippett. First of all, I'd like to thank you guys. Appreciate your time. Um, 
just a little quick background on my end. Uh, I've been coaching high school football, or football for that matter, for 31 years. Had the uh, opportunity to coach Craig Tippett from 99 to 2001. Uh, he was a three-sport athlete. Uh, he was all-state football both ways, offensive and defensively. He was selected to the East-West Shrine game for the 2002 Shrine game. That team won. Uh, as a basketball player, he was a three-year varsity uh, player, letter winner as a basketball player, all-state basketball player. Uh, track, he was uh, all-state in track, uh, sixth in the discus as senior year, 10 varsity let total letters, four in football, three in basketball, and three in track. Uh, in football, like I said, he was all-state both ways, fullback, linebacker, inside middle linebacker. Uh, our team, we should have been state champs, but woulda, shoulda, coulda've. Uh, big smooth, as I nicknamed him back in the day, wasn't because of his football ability, it was because the way he played basketball. Uh, I love watching the big smooths play basketball. Uh, that year, his senior year, I think he had 30 in both games against Butte High. Uh, the first game, he was 12 for 12. Never missed a shot for a 12 shot, you know. Uh, Anyway, uh, like I said, he was a three-sport athlete, all-state in three sports. Um, Tim can talk more about how many two-sport all-state athletes Central had, but uh, I don't know how many three-sport all-state athletes. And uh, in today's you know, age, that's pretty rare. Like I said, he was all-state both ways in football, shrine game, basketball, all-state. I watched him in Great Falls go toe-to-toe -to -toe with probably the, one of the best basketball players in the state of Montana, Mike Chavez. Obviously, they didn't end up winning the game, but you know, if you saw the game, you know, Craig Tippett's played toe-to-toe -to -toe with Chavez. And uh, track, you know, he was uh, sixth in the discus in track, so three-sport athlete. I don't know what the criteria is, but I don't know how many three-sport all-state athletes, you know, so that's my spiel. And uh, like I said, he, uh, as a community member, he's been on boards, you know, because I think he was on the little guy board, uh, did a great job with the softball. Um, that's all I got to say, I guess, for Craig. Thank you. Thank you. Tom, you're leaving out the most important thing. What's that? Big Smooth is a Bears fan. <laughs> <laughs> that should be an automatic deduction right there. Matt Fenson will agree. I got that. Next up, we have Tim Norbeck talking about Craig. I'll just reiterate some of the things Tom said. So I'm Tim Norbeck. I only coached Craig uh, for a few years at Butte Central, although I spent 18 years of my life coaching football. 35 years hanging around teenagers. Um, my wife said I act like them, and I said that's a good thing. So, uh, uh, but there's just a couple of things that uh, are of importance. Uh, I know there's only, Bill can confirm, less than 20, 15 All-State uh, basketball and football players in Central's history, I believe. Uh, his senior year, had, or his career, he had 28 touchdowns. His senior year, he had 18 rushing touchdowns, which at that time tied him with Don Uland, uh, Butte Central great. Um, was on the Shrine game that won. I was on a Shrine game that lost. Um, so I always wonder about that, those type of things. He played for Coach Green, fullback, H-back, whatever you want to call it, Coach Green, uh, tight end. A um, couple of teams of, that went to the NAIA playoffs in 04. As hard as it is to say, they beat Carroll College in the regular season. But Carroll went on to win a national championship. So. Um, <laughs> That, that helped. In basketball, he averaged almost 20 points a game, 19.95. Uh, 
Uh, they played Coach Thatcher twice that year. They won the first one uh, by three of the 54 points. He had 32. They lost the second game. Um, they did, yeah. He had 20 of the 37. And, and none of those points were behind that curve thing that Mr. Johnson likes. Uh, so uh, I know Coach Thatcher appreciated his inside play. I'm sure he did, uh, being a post guy that uh, he, uh, he liked to coach. Uh, five plus games of 30 points. Petey talked about going toe to toe with uh, uh, with uh, Mike Chavez, which I think is a, a pretty good deal. Uh, like I said, three point uh, three time all or three all states. I didn't know about track. I called Dan McGree today, and he didn't have his stuff with them. Uh, and probably the most important for me is uh, you know we talk about student athletes all the time. Craig Tippett was a student athlete. He was a stellar student. I taught him upper level math and physics. There were days that uh, he was the smarter physics person in the room, I'm just telling you right now. And I thought I was a pretty good physics teacher. Um, graduated from Montana Tech as a, as a very good uh, accountant with uh, the Newland Group. Still active, he's a, he's, a, he's a girl dad. Still active, he coaches junior high football. Um, on the board uh, of the little guy, he's done stuff with uh, uh, the YMCA and, and Little League as well. So I would ask you to consider. I know how difficult it is. I served on that panel years ago with my friend Pat Carney. It's not easy. We're blessed with a community that's full of great athletes and a history of, uh, of sports and, and uh, across the board, both sides and, and so forth. So I do appreciate it. I know how difficult it is, but thanks for listening. Congratulations to this week's Lescovar Honda Athletes of the Week. Butte High's Sophie Grunhove and Butte Central's Josh Sutton. The honors come after a big opening week of 2024 by the two student-athletes who are off to strong seasons for the Bulldogs and Maroons. Grunhove, a sophomore, receives the girls' honor after winning the 126-pound girls' division at the Tom LaProuse Invitational in Bozeman. Grunhove went 5-0 to win the tournament named in honor of the Butte legend. All five of her wins came by way of the pin, including three in the first minute of the match. Grunhove pinned Carissa Frank of Baker in 5 minutes 43 seconds in the championship match. Grunhoff placed second at 120 pounds at the state tournament last February. Sutton, a freshman, scored a total of 30 points in two varsity games as the Maroons won at Anaconda and at home against Stevensville. He shot 80%, grabbed eight rebounds, and dished out three assists in the two games. Sutton, who contributed to BC's varsity team as an eighth grader last season, scored 16 as the Maroons beat Anaconda 56-28 at the Snake Pit. He tossed in 14 as BC routed Stevensville 79-14 at the MAC. He is averaging 11.9 points per game this season. Congratulations, Sophie and Josh, and thank you, Lescovar Honda, for recognizing the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City. Hey, Butte America, John Davis here at Lescovar Honda. We want to wish all of you a happy new year and invite you down to see our newest selection of cars, trucks, and SUVs. Most of our vehicles come with a 20-year, 200,000-mile powertrain warranty, and all of them come with free car washes for life. If you're in the market for a rental car, we have everything to rent from five passenger vehicles all the way up to a 13 passenger vehicles. Stop on down and see us, Lask of our Honda. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh-brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. 
Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grande's, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grande's can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grande Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandesteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Is your house too cold or is it too hot? Either way, Lockmer Sheet Metal is here to help. With more than 40 years of experience in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning trade, Lockmer Sheet Metal strives to bring you quality service and knowledgeable work to help with your HVAC projects or needs. Lockmer Sheet Metal offers repair services for all forced air, central air systems, installation of new HVAC systems, service contracts for maintenance and service, all residential and commercial applications, fabrication of sheet metal for all types of projects, and ventilation and exhaust systems. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerSheetMetal.com to warm up or cool down with Lockmer Sheet Metal, your local dealer of train heating, cooling, air handling, and ventilation products. For all your home heating and cooling needs, remember Lockmer Sheet Metal. We have one more for uh, speaking for Craig Tippett before Iceman comes up here. Uh, Craig, he said he's a girl dad. His girl is the toughest girl I think I've seen. <laughs> Play basketball, she's redhead, she's fiery. I've had a call this year twice as an official, I had a call for elbows. Because one I thought was gonna kill somebody, the other one I think may have. But, uh, and I know exactly where she got that from because this guy's got some elbows that hit me a few times in the KC League. It's the Iceman, Chris Tippett. Not me, though. <laughs> I, I got it before you did. <laughs> First off, I want to thank Tom and Jim for coming and speaking about Craig. Uh, I really appreciate them taking their time out to come and talk about him. Uh, this is my fourth time speaking on Craig's behalf. Boy, it doesn't get any easier. I am one that's not comfortable when it comes to talking to a group of people. Usually the only time it happens is when it's absolutely necessary, and tonight it is. Craig, Craig's probably the nicest, easiest going person. I've always said that if you could get Craig to say 20 words, consider yourself lucky, because that's 10 more than he says to us. He is, he is that quiet, but don't let his quiet, easy going demeanor fool you. For when he was on the football field or basketball court, it was as if a, as if a switch would go off in his head and he would turn into a totally different person. They say there is no I in team. There, they say there is no I in team fit Craig to a T. Individual accomplishments meant nothing to him. He would do whatever it took to help the team win. He was the ultimate teammate. And if you could ask any of his teammates, I know they would agree. His work ethic was unbelievable. <clears throat> Early morning, after school weightlifting, 
countless upon countless hours in the gym shooting. Even now, I still see it. In, early, in many early mornings when I'm out running, I go by Craig's workplace. There's one car in the parking lot, Craig's. They say bleed maroon. I say crimson. No one took this to heart more, <clears throat> more than Craig. As I witnessed firsthand seeing the, the abuse his body was taken, he never complained. He knew that come Friday, he had a job and to do, he had a job to do, and he, and he went and did it. He's a diehard Bear fan and idolized Walter Payton. He, wo he wore his, his number 34 his junior and senior year. As good of a football player Craig was, he was equally good in basketball. I have been told he was one of the two, he was one of the best two sports athletes Central had. He started every he started every football game his junior junior and senior year, never missing one, while playing both offense and defense. He ended up with 28 career touchdowns, all state senior senior year in football, played in the Shrine game, was asked to be an alternate in the Badlands Bowl. He was the first scholar athlete in football for Butte Central. He was athlete of the week for a playoff for <clears throat> for a playoff game against Colstrip. He was all state basketball senior year. He was a member of the 400 points club his senior year, scoring 419. He ended his his senior year with a 19.9 scoring average. Five times in his senior year, he scored over 30 points. Bruce, you called the game. A butte high when he made his first 12 shots. Uh, he's, I think he scored double figures in every game his senior year. He played in the All-State Classic in Billings. He was academic All-State all four years in every sport he participated in. He, he meddled in track his senior year. He was Coach Green's first signee of up at Montana Tech his, after his senior year. He played on the co-Frontier Conference champion team. He played on the team that stopped Carroll College's winning streak. Scored a touchdown in a playoff game against Azusa Pacific and graduated from Montana Tech, the top business student in his class. One of the presenters that really hit home to me said that it's not only athletics and academics, but it's what the person gives back to the community. Craig surely could have left Butte, but Butte was, Butte was his roots and where he wanted to raise his family. He married his high school sweetheart, is a CPA at Newland Company, and has three daughters, all going to Central. He sits on, he sits on many boards he sits on the Chamber of Commerce, the Orphan Girl Theater. He's involved in Little Guy Football and helped start, helped start up the Copper League Softball League. He coach, he's coached football and basketball and is currently coaching girls basketball. In closing, i just like to say this is my fourth time. I hope and pray I don't have to come back for a fifth.
no one no one feels more than the family that Craig deserves to be wearing the green jacket. I hope the next time I see all of you guys, we're talking about Craig, Craig's size for his green jacket. In this time in the world, when people, <clears throat> when the people are looking for role models, one need look any further, further than my son Craig. Thank you. Our next speaker will probably tell you if Craig Pippen was six foot seven, he probably would have been going to Duke. But the way he could play at the post about what is he about six two, six oh, one? He was, he was in, I is think he six he was one? Six foot. Six foot? Okay. Yeah. Uh, our next speaker is the one and only Butte Sports Hall of Famer, John Thatcher, talking for awesome. Joe McLaughlin, Steve Schulte, Matt Buckley, and I'll do it through Larry, Darrell, and Darrell. And <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to come up here. You guys, uh, I, I know what excellence is. I know how hard your job is because I was on the first committee, which they kicked me off of because a guy wanted to put everybody in, and I said, no, no, we're not doing it. But my words were a little different than that. But anyway, uh, I just want to talk about three guys that are about excellence. I think this committee knows that this is all about excellence and nothing else. Uh, Steve Shelty. I've coached all three of these guys. Steve Schulte still holds a record at Butte Central with all the great running backs that have gone through there. Morris went to Stanford. Buddy Walsh went to the Grizzlies, blah, blah, blah. He still holds a rushing record with approximately 27 or 2,800 yards. You guys have the exact figure. I don't. From 1976 or 78, he is also the only person in the history of Butte to return the opening kickoff in the Butte High, Butte Central game. He went 89 yards for a score in the 78 game. He's a two-time All-State running back. He went to play football at Carroll College. Uh, unfortunately, as a freshman, he tore his knee up badly and had to give football up, which was a shame. He then had a, a successful run as a coach. He won in Browning. And let me tell you, it's hard to win in Browning. He had four great years that I know of up there. Uh, he also coached at Montana Tech, I, I believe with Coach Green. Yes. He coached at Carroll College. And then he took over the head coaching job at Butte High School. He then gave that up, and he was uh, uh, on the coaching staff as part of the 2012 state championship team. And he was also on the coaching staff for the 2011 Butte High Girls Softball Championship. Uh, this guy was an athlete. He, was, uh, uh, he won the divisional track meet. I don't remember the year, the 100 meters. He had great speed. I can't say enough about him as a human being. Uh, he has his own fun, but that's everybody's got their own way of proceeding with life. But this guy was exceptional. And to say that you're the top of the ladder at Butte Central as a running back, that speaks volumes. Second one I'd like to introduce is a guy I still can't believe is in, not in here. That's Matt Buckley. I don't have, he's got a 40 pages of stuff, but I just kind of folded it into a little bit. He was a on three state Butte Central championship teams that went 28 and one. He was the starting fullback. He was uh, all conference as a sophomore and he was all state both ways as a junior and a senior. Now, not many people do that. I know there's high school kids that make it both ways. Then he went to Carroll College, became a two-time All-American first team both ways, defense, offense. He's one of the greatest football players that ever played in the history of Butte Central. And there's other things. That's enough for him. Last one I'd like to nominate is Joel McClafferty. Uh, 
He is a two-time All-State basketball player. I don't know if you guys know much about basketball. I know Coach Street doesn't because uh, he's, he's a wrestling coach. You wrestle if you can't play basketball. He used, to bar he, used to he used to borrow my gym so he could practice up there. Have I'm teasing him. He's tougher than I am. I ain't screwing with him. But uh, Joe was uh, the toughest thing in basketball is to be really good at two things, scoring and rebounding. And I had coached one, I've been coaching basketball for 54 years. I've had one player that averaged a double-double in a season. His name was Pat O'Dell. And Joe McClafferty averaged a double-double both his junior and senior year. And he was selected all-state and all-world and all that business. I can't say enough for what he has done. He's first-team all-tournament every year uh, in the double, uh, no, Class A tournament. And all the divisionals, he was first team all tournament. He, uh, he resurrected Montana Tech. Bob Greenfield, he had a lot to do with the presence of that. that. That scoreboard up there, he had a lot to do with the presence of that. The new field, he had a lot to do with the presence of that. He's got a list I'm not going to read because it's too long and I'm not good at reading. But I can't say enough. I'm fortunate in my lifetime to coach all three of these athletes. They're exceptional people, and they are, in my mind, what excellence is all about, and all three of them were excellent at what they did. Thank you. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Thanks, JT. Okay. I think we'd have a full house if they knew we were going to have John Badger and Jim Street throw down after this thing. <laughs> <laughs> we would have sold a lot of tickets. All right, next up we have Jared Nadu for Rick Nadu. speak for uh, for Rick tonight too but Julie's uh, her band is acting up to, so she couldn't make it so on behalf of the NATO family and friends we'd like to induct Rick NATO in the Butte Sports Hall of Fame from a young age Rick was talented and excelled at everything especially sports there are stats from him at grade school level placing in the top three events at, for the Emerson Yellow Jackets in the Javelin triple jump as well as long jump there are many articles written that described his young success in these events. Rick was also good at basketball, and again, various articles described him scoring many points. One says Rick Nato, 17 points, leads Butte JVs past Kalispell. Another says Nato shot sinks Hellgate in 1972, had a game-winning tip-in bucket at the buzzer. Another headline reads, Rick explodes for 27 points to spark Butte over Helena JVs. And for Rick's favorite sport, which he excelled at the most, was baseball. He seemed to be one of the best from the age of 10 as he was pitching two or three hitters and then hitting home runs. He was always going two for three or better from the plate. <clears throat> at age 16, Rick joined the Butte Miners. Rick was a good pitcher and hit the ball well. There are far too many headlines to share, but here are a few. NATO allows one hit in his first start of the season as well as NATO's blast key in 3-2 win versus Haver. NATO's 400-foot home run over the 50-foot screen in right center gave Butte the 3-2 lead. A 1972 article from the Butte Legion coach Bob Stevens reads, Rick NATO, great all-around all athlete, hardest worker on the squad, and can play any position on the field. On May 31, 1932, Rick pinched pitched against the Anacon A's, striking out 14 with no walks and hit two for four with two doubles. 
On June 27, 1973, the headline read, Rick Nato packed several points on his fat 612 batting average, hitting for the cycle. Nato homered, tripled, doubled, and laced two singles. At this time, Rick was also 4-0 as a starting pitcher. The Miners made the state tournament for the first time in a decade. Rick made the all-star team in the state tournament, ending the season with a whopping batting average of 579. There are also headlines in the Montana Standard stating that the rain halts minors, but not the pro scouts. Coach Bob Stevens said the scouts from the St. Louis Cardinals and the Baltimore Orioles were in town and review a batting practice session of Rick, who was batting over 700 at the time. Coach Stevens said he's one of the best hitters I've ever coached, and I've coached several professional baseball players. I think it's quite possible he may sign a contract at 12.01 a.m. the day we complete our season, according to Coach Stevens. Rick eventually signed a contract with the Baltimore Orioles, which sent him to camps in California and Florida. Rick was a natural at everything he did. He graduated from the then Western Montana College Dillon with a degree in elementary education in 1987. Rick then attended the University of Montana and graduated with honors in elementary leadership. He was a superintendent and principal at Cayuse Prairie School in Olney, Montana, until he retired in December 2011. Rick excelled at baseball and was very good at everything he put his mind to, school included. He took up golf later in life and was, as usual, a natural. The man was a natural at everything he set his mind to. With all that being said, the family and friends of Rick Nato would like you to consider him in the induction to the Butte Sports Hall of Fame. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Jerry. Hey, before we get to this next guy, though, I got I got to point out we got kind of a one of the guys who's my hero. I just see him here with his long hair. He's kind of got his head down here. Back in May, Robert Lester. I, I like to call him. He's part Lewis and Clark, part Evil Knievel. He gets in a canoe down there by the Chamber of Commerce, and he took that damn canoe all the way to the ocean. And they had to carry, if you watch his videos on Facebook, they had to carry it for, how many miles did you carry total? 175. Carrying the canoe it, and, and around dams and stuff, and he's got it, there's gonna be a movie about it coming out. This guy, he, one of these, they've got a special category for the Hall of Fame when he's old enough. He's for sure gonna, I'm gonna be pushing for him like nobody's business. Yeah, Robert Lester, everybody. He gets it all from his mom. All right, next up, we have the one and only, William Patrick Ryan. Talking about Scott Ferguson. Thanks, Fultz. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. We will be quick. Um, you've got most of the uh, information in front of you. Uh, I'd like to just hit a couple of the high spots. And I'm going to read Coach Foley's uh, quote because it cost me about 45 minutes to get these two sentences. He said, we never had a 6'4 kid who could handle ball like that. I don't think I ever coached against anyone like that. He was like Gary Kane, but he was a much better passer. That was Pat Foley. Um, Scotty uh, was uh, an amazing basketball player. I mean, I think you, you probably know that. Uh, obviously earned Butte High's, Butte's first Gatorade Montana Player of the Year Award, and also that uh, Converse All-America Award, where the Gatorade was uh, won for each of the 50 states. The Converse was the top 50, regardless of, of how many one state got. So that was kind of a, a big deal. Um, you can go through this, and you can look at the numbers. He had great numbers, especially the assists. I mean, I, you can take any of those other numbers, but uh, to have, um, what, six and a half assists at that point um, on a great 85-86 team that, uh, that lost, lost their first, uh, first game of the state tournament, uh, heartbreaker by a point, then came back and took third by beating that team by 22 points. But 
Um, if you go through all of this, you're going to see great numbers and, and all of that. But if you look at it, it seems like every team that he was on, regardless of whether it was junior high or college or Butte High or wherever, every team did really well. And I think that that uh, attests to the fact that he was a great team player. Um, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, getting a, a wrestler up here stumping for a basketball player has to say something. But anyway, thank you for your consideration. We appreciate it, folks. Thanks, PR. And for the record, uh, Scott Ferguson did nickname himself the Big Sexy. So that should be a thrown. Let's put that on the resume. Uh, the next guy coming up, we've got Butte Sports Hall of Famer who went in uh, the class of 2019, Rollo? I think Rollo went in class of 2019. He should have went in the class of 1987, if you ask me. But we got next speaker is Bob Rowling, up to talk about Mike Lyons. I think that was right, 2019? I think it was 2019 when you went in, right? I believe so, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity to speak for uh, a friend of mine and, and uh, a fellow official, Mike Lyons. Uh, I've known Mike for years and years, and uh, Mike grew up in a very tough uh, household, and uh, he achieved many, many things. Uh, and uh, he has two, two daughters that uh, phoned me a, about six days ago and asked if I would speak on his behalf, and I said I would be uh, very gracious to do that. Uh, Mike and I go, go back a ways. He worked for me at the Parks and Recreation Office for a few years. But, and I didn't realize some things about Mike that I found out from his, his daughters and then going into some history things. Mike, Mike went to Butte Central High School in uh, 1978 through 80. Uh, he was on the championship football team when Mr. Schulte was the, the running back and Mike was kind of watching from the bench, but Mike was on that team. Uh, he competed in track football and basketball in the, in the 70s, in the late 70s. He was two years starting running back for the Maroons football team, led the basketball team in scoring, and was one of the top uh, Class A sprinters in Montana. He was a recipi recipient of the Butte Central Keeley O'Neill and Rick Keefe Athletic Award in 1980, and was an all-Southern uh, all-star team selection in basketball. In high school, as I said, in 1978, he was on that team that won the championship. Uh, he played running back for two years. Track, and this is where Mike, Mike excelled. I did not know this. In 79 and 80, he was a state champion in the 440-yard dash. He was all-state in track six times, placing, that meant placing six times in different track activities. He accounted for 12 points out of 13 for Butte High, or for Butte Central that year. In basketball, he was all-conference. He led the team in scoring in 79-80 season. That was his senior year. Mike also coached a little bit after he got out of high school. He coached an ASA girls team, 16 and 18 team that won the state uh, championship. That was in 1981. Mike officiated from 1984 to 2020. So he had 36 years officiating. 
He was a football official, and he worked nine state championships, various classifications, <coughs> and probably 40 to 50 playoffs in that period of time. He also worked football on the Frontier Conference, worked 16 years in that conference, and worked two NAIA playoffs. In high school basketball, 19, high school basketball, he worked probably 40 district divisional tournaments. He did not work a state. And as I stated, uh, Mike was uh, a very good athlete, never ever mentioned things, kind of was a quiet person until he got out drinking a little bit, then he got going. But uh, <laughs> he, was, uh, uh, he was a great player and didn't talk much about himself. But uh, I th thank you for the opportunity to present for Mike. Yep. Mike once retired from officiating basketball. He told me he was done. I go to the first game in season at the Mac, and there's Mike in his uniform. I said, I thought you retired. He said, Rolla wouldn't let me. <laughs> hey, everyone. John Wick here. You might recognize this buttery smooth voice from the episode 81 of the Buttecast. Along with my wife, Cassie, I want to take a second and thank everyone for supporting 5518 Designs, our store at 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte. For seven years now, we have made it our goal to celebrate who we are and what we enjoy about living in Butte and in Montana. At 5518, you'll find the latest in-house designed apparel and gifts that do just that. And they're all produced locally and finished in store. We also carry a wide variety of outdoor essentials from trusted brands like Chaco, Kavu, and Dekine. I invite you to stop in the next time you're shopping, eating, or even playing in historic Uptown Butte. 5518 Designs, 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte, and online at shop5518.com. Are you looking for a place to host a special event or a party? Or just looking for a drink served by the best mixologist in town? Look no further than 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino. Take a step back in time and enjoy some of our signature cocktails such as an Old Fashioned or a Pink Mate. Stop in for happy hour Monday through Thursday from 4pm to 6pm and 2pm to 6pm Friday and Saturday for $2 cans of your favorite beer or 2 for 5 seltzers or well mixers. Or try one of our tap beers for just $5 along with weekly specialty cocktails. Located underneath the Miners Hotel, where Butte locals receive a 20% discount on rooms, 51 Below has live music every Friday night. So stop by 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino for a good time with good friends and great drinks. And don't forget to dial 5. You want to watch your favorite football team on Sunday, but it isn't on TV? No problem. Go to Metal Sports Bar & Grill and check out all the games. In addition to a full-service bar and a menu full of terrific entrees cooked to perfection, Metals also has the Sunday ticket. Kick back with some raised fingers, the best pizza in town, and a refreshing drink as you root on your team on one of 31 big screen TVs at Metals. Don't miss a moment of your favorite team with Metals Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. Metals is open at 11 a.m. every Sunday during football season. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. 
Make your stories legendary. Our next speaker came all the way from South Carolina. Mudge Tambietti here to speak for his father, the one and only Cyclops, Don Tambietti. Of course, Don Tambietti, they named that tournament after, I think he had a heart attack, Bruce. And then they had the tournament, and then he got better, and they didn't have it the next year. And he said, I guess I had to die if I could keep that tournament That's named it. after me. So, <laughs> Mudge. Thank you, Bill. Ladies and gentlemen of the committee, my friends and family, and those members of the great class of 1978 Butte High School, I'm glad that you're all here with me. I'm here again, as Bill said, to speak on behalf of my father, Don Tamietti. A lot of you knew him. I'll start off with one thing. Early in my Air Force career, I was taught three core, core values, service before self, excellence in all we do, and integrity first. My father emulated and, and breathed all of them. For 23 years, from 1981 until the day he died on May 26, 2004, he lived for wrestling. But those weren't the only sports he did. He started out coaching and teaching us to ski. He went on and was the first uh, coach of the Butte High School rodeo team. And then he went on to speed skating to where he even had his first heart attack up in Canada with a, with a speed skating team. But wrestling was his passion. He loved it. He breathed it. He would go out of his way to make sure a kid who was unfortunate, and my sister will speak on behalf of my nephew with that, to um, ensure that people go. Mr. Street, I think he even coached for you for a while. And I think he filtered I don't know how many kids to your championship teams. I know for a fact that he would call me up. I'd be, he says, when are you coming home on leave? I says, what do you need, Dad? I need someone to come sell 50-50 tickets. Okay? So I would. Next team I was home, I was with him selling ads and everything. Outside of the coaching realm, he worked to get wrestling tournaments to the Civic Center. He worked to get other events to the Civic Center. One Notably was the uh, Bolshoi Ballet. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. But um, I think there's three or four tournaments that he brought to Butte that weren't here before. As Bill said, his nickname was Cyclops. He loved that name. It even had it on his license plate. I have it proudly in my wall at home. But the Cyclops tournament was named for him. And if he were alive today, he would be very that proud to know of what it done. I can't say enough about him. I'm proud to be his son. I never was a wrestler. Kathleen, Kathy Tuddy knows I avoided sport contacts. <laughs> I had trouble learning how to dance in top 16, remember? But um, I am proud to stand here. I know my father. I think I had written a letter to Bill. I don't know if you guys have gotten it or not. Okay. That, that explains further what my nomination is. But I know for a fact, if he were here today, he would be honored to stand among the members of this most prestigious hall. And I want to thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Coach Tammy Eddy uh, had my little cousin Gary Hansen from the time he was like about two years old on. Gary had a one-time wrestle kid, he was missing a hand. Gary was all nervous, ready to go out and 
Last thing Coach Tammy Eddie says to him is, man, some guys will do anything to make those for you. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have Tracy Holmes. Did I say that right, Tracy? Is it Holmes? Yeah. Or John Tammy, sorry. My arms aren't long enough without my reading glasses to see these names. I'd like to read a letter from my son, Andrew. It says, Dear Butte Hall of Fame Selection Committee, I cannot attend the selection meeting this evening because I'm coaching the Butte Central Wrestling Team in Deer Lodge. In lieu of my testimony, please accept this letter. Don Tamietti, my grandfather, is best known for his ability to round up less fortunate kids and give them a life in wrestling. Most don't know the full extent of that. He typically drove around picking up and dropping off kids before practices and tournaments for hours. This went on consistently for m multiple decades. Many of these kids had no workout gear, uniforms, or shoes, so he provided all of that. Sometimes they got their first real meals of the week while traveling with him to tournaments. Occasionally, upon return, a kid's family or guardian would be nowhere to be found, so the kid would end up staying with my grandfather for a day or so. Most of these underprivileged would call, go on to call him Papa Tam, and most of them became very successful wrestlers, some even going on to wrestle in college. Butte has only had, ever had two four-time high school wrestling state champions. Papa Tam was a large part of both their wrestling development. When my grandfather died, he be, we came across a collection of dozens of gold medals that wrestlers had given him over the years. Some inlaid into belt buckles, put on necklaces, and engraved. Many more were put into his caskets by wrestlers at his funeral. Papa Tam never took a wrestling tournament off and never traveled without a vehicle full of wrestlers. Traveling all over the side of the Mississippi, he was the main driving force in bringing the epic 11th state Western Regional Tournament to the Butte Civic Center and the hardest working individual at pulling it off. He saw things like this as integral in giving his wrestler the best opportunities for success. Papa Tam was also very involved in just about every other sport, always making sure those special kids could always be involved and helping them wherever he could. He was a nationally certified timer for speed skating for many years and a large component in rodeo. The late Jim Paltima said it best about Don Tamietti when he said, to every child he gave. Sincerely, James Andrew Holmes. And one thing I'd like to say about my dad that m most people don't know is the reason he was so involved with kids in sports was because he wasn't allowed to compete when he was a child. He lost his eye at the age of 10 and his father uh, was led to believe falsely that he tripped and fell on his knife, which wasn't what happened. He, uh, he had been assaulted by a 16-year-old with a knife, and he kept that secret to his grave. He uh, tried competing in sports in high school. He won two gold medals in track and field and uh, distance running. And his father saw it in the paper and pulled him out of, out of track. He went out for football. His dad pulled him out. He went out for boxing, and he was in a, a Golden Gloves tournament. And he 
uh, was undefeated the first day. His name was in the paper, and his dad pulled him out of the ring the second day. So he couldn't compete, and he channeled that into children who he loved anyway. And that's kind of the motivation that was the driving force behind his contributions. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. I didn't, know, I didn't know the story behind that. that I, now we have one more for uh, Don Tamietti. I just introduced him a minute ago. He's Lewis and Clark slash Evil Knievel. I just uh, wanted to say quick that I, I look at this list and there's an incredible number of people on there. And like, you know, many of them I know, even though I'm a generation younger. So uh, I can only imagine how hard the uh, decision is. Um, but for me, I thought it was really interesting. You know, I actually didn't know my grandfather as well as many of the people who talk about. I was pretty young when he died. But the thing that uh, really stood out to me was two things. One, that uh, when we talked to people that we were coming to nominate him tonight, how many were shocked that he wasn't in already. And again, I know the list is huge, but that spoke a lot to me. And then second, to have a tournament be going 18 years, you know, still named after you. There aren't many people, you know, in the, you know, Butte Sports Hall of Fame right now who have, you know, a tournament living on long after they have. So thank you so much. Thanks, Robert. All right, next we have uh, Danny Calusa speaking for the great runner Susie Calusa. Danny here. All I know is uh, Susie can walk faster than I could ever dream of running. And she goes a really long way. Thanks, Bill. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity for the speak before the committee. Um, I think the Hall of Fame, uh, the Butte Sports Hall of Fame is fantastic. I appreciate your volunteerism. I've, I've looked at a lot of the, the people in the Hall of Fame and I think it's about effort and commitment and excellence and results. And I think Susie has, has done all that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit some of the highlights. Um, and I, I'll have to update this and get it to you, Bill, because I'm not really sure if I've got the information in front of you. This has been submitted before, but. Yeah, you just submit it again, I'll make sure they get it. Okay. Susie's a road racer. Uh, she's not a butte born person, but we've lived here 42 years. Okay, I better, better not tell that story because I'll get weepy, but let me just talk about the facts here. Uh, Susie is the, I want to I just highlight some things. Susie was the Western Regional 5K Roadrunner Club of America, two-time women's masters champion um, in 2010 and in 2013. She won the National Summer Biathlon in West Yellowstone. She was two-time Women's National Masters Champion, 1999 and 2003. Um, she won the Montana Cup Masters Champion, which is the largest team race in the state of Montana for, for road runners in 2001, 2004, and 2006 in Helena, Great Falls, and Butte. Um, she took second twice in the Governor's Cup Marathon um, in 2004 and 2000, what's the other date here? 
Uh, anyway, she was twice. She placed second overall in the women's race and then won the master's race, setting a new course record in three hours and 30 minutes and 22 seconds uh, for a Governor's Cup Masters winner. Um, she won the State Games Half Marathon in Billings in 1995, set the course record in 87 minutes, and uh, excuse me, 59 seconds. Um, she won the State Games 10K in Billings in 2009. She was the overall women's champion in 42.30 at age 50. Her age group record from 2009 still stands, as well as her State Games 5K 55 to 59 record from 2016. Uh, she's a two-time women's overall champion in the Snow Joke Half Marathon and the record holder in 85 minutes and 48 seconds, which stood for four years and has, still has among the top five overall fastest times ever in that race. She's uh, competed in the Portland Marathon as part of the Olympic trials. She was awarded top 10 masters, 40 plus. She won her age division of 50, 59. She's a US, um, USA track and field women's 10K state champion in 1993. Uh, she won the YMCA Missoula Riverbank ran 10K. Uh, she's three-time overall women's champion. She was awarded the 1994 USA Track and Field uh, Road Race Series Runner of the Year for Montana Women in 1994. Uh, and in 2002, she's won the Great Falls Icebreaker Road Race, three-mile race. She was a four-time overall women's champion, 1996, 1997, 2000, and 2002. And in 2004, she won the Five Mile Elite Masters Prize. She's won the Great Falls All Women's Rank and Run Three Mile Race, which is extremely competitive. She's a six-time overall women's champion, 1996 through 2001. Um, set her, uh, she also she won the All Comers Three Mile Race, and then she went back to back winning the All Women's Three Mile. Uh, with times of 1830 and 1833 back-to-back. The AOH St. Patrick's Day three-mile run. Um, I won't go through that. She's got a lot of those. Uh, she's a nine-time overall winner of the uh, Veterans Day race, the longest-running road race in um, Montana. Uh, Susie's won over 280 races. Uh, and she started running in uh, Father Sheehan Park <laughs> after, after having two kids at age 27. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. I had a video two years ago when we went to this. Danny had a video and showed all the trophies that Susie had. I don't think they could fit them all in this room. That's pretty impressive. Next up, we have the one and only St. Bernie Boyle. St. Bernard, Bernie Boyle speaking on behalf of Don Peoples Jr. And he didn't, thankfully, he didn't wear his Packers hat to rub it in. Put <laughs> out the door right away. But I, but I do ha I do have a Packers shirt underneath this sweatshirt, though. Just to let you know. Uh, well, I'm actually here, and I appreciate to speak. Uh, I didn't bring any sheets or anything. I kind of go with the theory to speak from the heart, keep it short. I'm here to speak for Don Peoples Jr. 
And let, let me give you a little history of how far we go back. I used to coach North Central Junior High, which was up where the IC is. And I coached the seventh and eighth grade football team in South Central Junior High. Uh, we played, Donnie was the quarterback, and Timmy Norbrook was one of my linemen from North Central. But anyway, that's when I got to know Donnie in 1977. Of course, everybody knows I'm a big Butte Central fan. But, but I really believe one of the things we have in this community, we're very fortunate to have two school systems that drive each other. You know, uh, December 22nd, uh, when I went to the Butte High Butte Central game, and, it, and I said to Matt Lupke, and Matt Lupke's a really good friend of mine, but he knows, of course, I've been rooting for the Maroons that night. But it's such a special night to get everybody together and, and play each other. We don't play in football anymore. But in the, in the reason, you know, you know, Butte Central's down to 110 kids. We're very lucky that it's still there. And, and one of the reasons I believe in all my heart is because of the dedication of a guy like Don Peoples Jr. You know, he's going to be his 37th year as football coach, and it, you know, he had a heart attack back in Missouri. Everybody knows that story. Very, very lucky. Uh, I remember his dad told me uh, two weeks later, Bernie, we were lucky we didn't lose Donnie. He was lucky we were, he was in the hospital back in Missouri in a real, when the Widowmaker valve shut down. Donnie just turned 60 last month. But here, here's my story on Donnie. His coaching is one thing, and he puts his heart and soul into trying to mold a Butte Central Class A football team when you only got 110 kids in the school and half of them are girls. <laughs> that means 50 of them. You've got to go try and get to come out for football. Uh, I know the dedication he's put into the school system. He's president of the school. He's head of the foundation. He's constantly out raising money. Uh, in 1998, 1999, we started this thing to build the MAC. Everybody thought it was a pipe dream. It would never happen. Donnie used to bring his football team to the Knights of Columbus gym before we had the MAC to do plyometrics at 6 o'clock in the morning. They didn't even have a, a weight room at the high school then. He then built a little weight room in the gym right outside the auditorium in the high school. And, uh, and I mean, he did remarkable things with what, what he's got. But his dedication to school is, is just incredible. And if a contributor like him is who you're looking for, I mean, I just really think uh, he, he deserves to be in. My son, Tom, and I'm just using him as one example. He, in, in 36 years, he's coached all kinds of kids. A lot of them he sent up to Coach Green. Uh, Tom was a 135-pound freshman. Him and Doug would meet all those kids, Wayne Batori, all those kids, Richie O'Brien, at 6 o'clock in the morning at the high school to lift weights. And Donnie would make him eat two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at 6 in the morning to gain weight. And he hated it. But, but, you know, the stories go on and on and on about Donnie. The one of the most remarkable things I learned this, when Donnie had the heart attack uh, and he got back here and he got going, I'm driving by the Mac on Christmas Eve and I see his car there. And so I asked somebody, I said, what is Donnie doing? He just had a heart attack. He's got to make sure he gets payroll out. And the way they get payroll out at Butte Central is 
there's a big portion of the kids at Butte Central Elementary that are on assistance because they come from low-income families. I know Butte Central's not just all spoiled rich kids, believe me. I put four kids through there. I did not make a lot of money. But here he is worried about payroll because the way they do payroll at Butte Central, there's only so much in the account, so then he's got to take so much out of certain accounts in the foundation to make sure all the teachers and all the janitors so he's down there all by himself doing the payroll. So, I mean, he was back in Missouri walking, watching his brother, Kevin, who coaches the defensive line at Missouri, you know, that makes about $700,000 a year to coach the defensive line. I know what we pay Donnie at Butte Central going into his 37th year to coach football. And it's not $700,000 a year, you know. So, I mean, we're lucky. We really are, you know. And I, maybe there's some people that on the other side who would like to see Butte Central go away. And, and I know that it's better rivalry, but the older you get, the more you realize how, how special friends you have on both sides, you know. And uh, I, just, I just think the world of Donnie, and, and we've had our ups and downs. And the reason we've had our ups and downs is because I guess we were both so involved with Butte Central's. And one time we did, we had a little argument, but we, the next day we, we were fine. You know, so I'm here to speak for, to consider uh, Don Peoples Jr. Shop where the champions shop. Dig City Supply is now the official online retailer of Montana Tech Athletics, and you're home to everything or diggers. But that's just where we start. We've got Uptown's largest selection of Butte High and Butte Central apparel, as well as all the area elementary schools. And while you're in, be sure to check out our special line of gear that we call the Butte Icon Collection. We've partnered with some cherished Butte businesses and organizations to create some fun, nostalgic designs, celebrating all the awesomeness that we have right here in town. Wear your pride from Dig City Supply, the official online retailer of Montana Tech Athletics. Uptown Butte at 43 West Park Street and online at digcitysupply.com. Lockmer Plumbing is more than Butte's complete union plumbing shop. Whether it is sponsoring Little League Baseball, High School Athletics, Montana Tech, Youth Racing, 4-H, Mining City Christmas, Action Inc.'s Homeless Solution Program, Head Start, or Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Butte, Lockmer Plumbing is always looking out for the people of the mining city. Owned and operated by Troy and Amy Lockmer since 2002, Lockmer Plumbing can handle all your residential, commercial, and industrial plumbing needs as well as making repairs and installations on all plumbing and boiler systems. In the heart of Uptown Butte, Lockmer Plumbing can also assist on new construction and planning for your new home or development. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerPlumbing.com today. Lockmer Plumbing has your pipes covered and so much more. Oh look, there's another one. Your favorite tavern, neighborhood gas station, and video stores have all been turned into the same thing, a casino. At Crazy Carol's, we've been doing things the right way for more than three decades. So let me introduce myself. I'm Deb Dinius, the manager of Crazy Carol's Casino Meal Bar, where you'll always find fun in motion and service that sets us apart. Take a trip off the beaten path. Come on over to the hood. We're located on the corner of Walnut and Hayes, where you'll find the big red barn just off the shores of beautiful Lake Berkeley. And don't forget, Buckle the Horse is available for photos. At Crazy Carol's Casino and Mill Bar, we're still so grievous after all these years. 
Thank you, Bill. Everybody knows the place to go. Crazy Carol's Casino in Milbar. You already know about the Knights of Columbus Athletic Club, which is the best workout bargain in town. But did you know the KC also is home to JoyFit 406? JoyFit 406 is Butte's only boutique fitness studio offering indoor cycling as well as a rich variety of other fitness classes from dance fitness and bar to Pilates, strength and conditioning, and flow. Regardless of your fitness level, JoyFit 406 fosters a spirit of inclusion and community. At JoyFit 406, they believe in more than just fitness. They believe in building connections and friendship that last a lifetime. Join their vibrant community today where health, happiness, and camaraderie come together in perfect harmony. Your journey to a stronger, more joyful you starts at JoyFit 406. To book a class or to get more information, visit JoyFit406.com, like JoyFit406 on social media, and download the JoyFit406 app. Also, don't forget to book the renovated Knights of Columbus Hall for your party or reception today. The Knights of Columbus is a proud sponsor of the Buttecast. This message is brought to you by Anode Designs here in Anaconda. Hi, this is Blake, sports broadcasting legend and Golden Tee Golf semi-professional. During my time as a world-renowned sports broadcaster, covering all 12,348 Montana schools over my 21 years on the job, I've seen and heard it all. But nothing compares to the Buttecast. Don't take it from me. Take it from a formerly employed disc jockey turned shrewd corporate shill. Tell you all about it. Hi, Paul Panisco here. Over my time in broadcasting, Blake is easily in the top 120 broadcasters I've ever heard call a high school volleyball match before. And forget about being the best voice ever in Anaconda High School streaming service history. He's also his family's all-you-can-eat buffet eating champion. Ha <laughs> ha! Embellishment is the word of the day, kids. And there's nobody who embellishes facts and figures quite like our boy Billy here on the Buttecast. Mr. Foley is doing a fine job letting all of us outsiders learn about the trials and tribulations of the second or third greatest city here in Montana, our baby brother Butte. And because he's doing such a fine job, let us tell you of another who does fine work in your fair city, John and company at 5518 and Big City in Uptown Butte. They can customize any wearable garments you can imagine, except the thongs and unmentionables Billy wears. That's all us here at Anode Designs. If your company is needing embroidery in a jiffy, call on us here at Anode Designs. We know you can't get it in a week anywhere else, but we can. And all jokes aside, cue your Bears and Red Sox takes. That's no embellishment. Um, we're going to need an EMT to get this next speaker up here. She came injured. Uh, you guys all know Mike McGree. He had, I had him on my podcast and he told me when he was a kicker for Butte Central, he would roll around in the mud in the ranchy, so after the game, the girls thought he played in the game. <laughs> the only thing I know is with the, I've, I've won the award for being the shittiest guy on the ladder. I broke my foot, and I could beat Donnie Peoples right now with the foot. Mike's here to speak on behalf of Mark McGree and Dan McGree. I get six minutes, you guys, because I get two people, so we've had this argument forever, but I won't take long. My name is Mike McGree, and I'm going to start with Mark McGree. Mark McGree followed in his family's footsteps when it came to sports. You could say that he was born into sports. He followed his uncles and aunts when he was just a youngster to all events they played in. At Margaret Leary for fifth and sixth grade football, his team won the city championship while there he to be, learned to be a great receiver. Then he went to Butte Central where he excelled at everything he played. He was on the football team four years. He lettered all four years. 
1997, he was All-State's receiver and played in the Shrine Game. He played basketball all four years and was a two-year letterman. And with this other guy that I have, too, they both have the same argument. They could jump out of the gym, but they couldn't make a Ray J basketball. So they were out of luck on that. He made it to the state track meet sophomore. He was fifth place junior, third place, and senior year he won the championship in the triple jump. And his team won the divisional champion in his senior year and took third at state. He was also in the top five of the long jump. Long jump and triple jump were his specialties in high school. Then when it came time to college, he signed with Montana State, where he excelled for four years. He placed in the top five in every Big Sky meet. As far as personal marks, he went to state meet in track three years, placed in the long jump, and won the triple jump his senior year. One of the biggest meets in the, for all you track athletes, one of the biggest meets in, the, in high school is the Swede Dalbert Relay Meet. The McGrees have won the triple jump forever. It started with Pat McGree, and I'm going to fall on my ass because my <laughs> leg is broke, and I'm doing the best I can to stand here. He, he had to, anyway, Swede Dalbert Relays, uh, the McGrees won the triple jump forever. It started with Pat McGree winning the long jump, then Tom McIntyre winning and setting the record that stood for years. Then John McGree set the record in the triple that held for, uh, for many more years. No, I don't want to sit. <laughs> if I fall, everybody go, oh, man, too bad. And everybody laugh. Anyway, then came Mark, and in the 1997 Sweet Dahlberg Relays, his first jump in the triple broke the old record and set a new one at 47 feet. To this day, that record still stands, 26 years. I could go on about how many home runs he hit, how many touchdowns he scored, but he's, he is a true champion at track, and especially the triple jump. Please consider Mark McGree to be in the Hall of Fame. He's a great athlete. Is that three minutes? No. Okay, <laughs> while we're having a break, <laughs> as you know, Pat Ryan left and when me and Bill Foley were on the, on the uh, radio, we had a contest who had the biggest head in Butte. Oh, PR's got you beat by yeah. I won. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're going to have a Hall of Fame vote for a big guy with the biggest head, I'm in. Right? And what's, what's scarier than that is my sister Mo got second. <laughs> okay, we've had our break. <laughs> we, now we're into some more stuff. This, this one is for Dan McGree. Dan McGree's middle name should be track. He has been playing it, practicing it, running it, and coaching it for his whole life. He had a wonderful group to look up, to, look up to when he was growing up. His brothers Pat, Steve, and John, and his sister Mo were all great at jumping and running through school, running throughout school. And his other brother, Tom McIntyre, taught him how to triple jump. But Mike actually started the tradition for track instead of taking an F in English. I've got to stop and tell you this story. <laughs> My sophomore English teacher was Jerry Downey. So was Phil Madrazos. He came to us and said, you're getting an F in English. Yeah, I know. If you go out for track, you get a B. I said, what's the shortest thing you run? He said, the 100-yard dash. I said, sign me up. He took the F. <laughs> Anyway, that's how it all started. Dan also loved football. He was an All-State uh, junior and senior years and played in the Shrine Gang. He also loved basketball and could jump out of the gym but couldn't make the shot. My cousin, John Thatcher, should have ta taught him how to make those baskets, but he forgot. 
His, he had a gift towards jumping. He worked really hard at it, and it became his life's work to teach others how to excel at it. He's really good at driving buses, but he's really good at helping and teaching young people to be great track athletes and have fun doing it. He won two individual state championships while at Butte Central. He won the triple jump both senior and junior, junior and senior years. Then he went to Gonzaga University and then end up, ended up setting the all-time triple jump record at Gonzaga at 50 feet, one quarter inch. After college, he came back to Butte, took over coaching at track at Butte Central. In 31 years, he coached there. He had 27 state champions, 14 boys and 13 girls. In the addendum, which I gave to Holy, and if, you, if you're gonna see it, it I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna see it or not, folks. It's his fault, it's not mine. I'll see it. Anyway, in the addendum, we list all the people that, that he had and brought to a state tournament and they placed in the state tournament and the 27 state champions. I've included in the article the, the, the article that Bill Foley wrote when Dan retired. Like Bill said, not only did he produce a, a large number of state qualified athletes, but again, a large number of state champions. And he made it fun so the kids enjoyed every minute. Dan and Charlie Merrifield took extra time to teach jumpers and hurdlers in their time off. In fact, the day before Charlie died, he and Dan were coaching the hurdles. So please consider Dan McGree in your selection for the Hall of Fame. Now I have a couple things that Bill wrote. I'm not up to my six minutes yet. I'm, I'm hanging in. Anyway, Bill, <laughs> Billy wrote this article about him. And a lot of that is to match the passion that Dan had for the sport but his athletes is a true passion that will be hard to replace. And then he, you break it down. During his coaches, he got the, the, he got the champions, and he, I didn't happen to be one, but I tried. <laughs> and then he made a John Tomich tournament. He loved every minute of it. Track is a different animal. You can spend more, more time with kids. It's laid back, but it has a different feel. You ha can help the real life stuff, not just sports. I learned that from Charlie. McGree talking about Butte High, Butte High coach Charlie Merrifield, a coaching legend who still spends as much time on track even as retirement in 2013. Charlie is the first coach I saw walk up to a kid and say, how are you doing at school and how are you doing at home? He, had, he said, we've graduated lawyers, cops, and doctors, and hopefully we've helped a few. So thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Five minutes and 40 And that is why the, the Mike McGree podcast is still one of the highest rated podcasts. You know, I, I was looking for that. <laughs> yeah. Matt might have been in the Big Head contest. I think Matt Ryan might have been in the All right. That's hard to follow. Fran, I'm sorry. You have to follow that. Fran Doran is up next to speak for Neil Egan. There might be a, not, not a tougher guy to follow here tonight. I know, I was hoping I wouldn't be the <laughs> I'm Fran Doran, and I'm here tonight to represent Neil Egan. Neil started out his career at St. Pat's grade school. He was, his father died when he was five and was raised by a single mother. Uh, did well at St. Pat's and went on to Butte Central where he lettered three years in basketball, two years in football, one year in track, 
was an all-student um, athlete, uh, excellent student, and was in, um, his team was a, a state championship team out of Butte Central. And then when he graduated from Central, he went to the Bobcats, and he was academic All-American, played for Jim Sweeney, and uh, won the first national championship team out of the state of Montana for the Bobcats that year. Um, he's academic All-American. He's in the center, he's in the Butte Hall of Fame as a team. He's in uh, the Bobcat Hall of Fame for his team. He's in the Rocky Mountain Conference Hall of Fame for the team. But I'd like to see him be an individual. Um, he's after he graduated from the Bobcats. He played two years for the United States Marines in football also. So I'd like you to, this is the second time we've been here, and I'd like you to consider Neil as uh, one of your candidates. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Fran. Again, I apologize. Thanks a lot. I've been taped for you. Next up, we have Ray and Deb Matson uh, speaking on behalf of Wanda Matson. Did you guys want to come together or, or you, just Ray? Yeah. Hello. Thank you. My name is Ray Matson. I'm here to uh, read a few things about my sister, Jean. Uh, she was a track runner, graduated in Butte High in 1976. Special League was being the uh, 440. Uh, I'll read a little excerpt. I had a little uh, help with someone helped me wrote this. Uh, Wanda Jean Matson Olson accomplished on a single day in Dodge City, Kansas in 1977 what no other athlete in the mining city's storied history has ever achieved before or since. She won national titles in three separate events, leading to a National Junior College Athletic Association overall team title won for Flathead Valley Community College Mountainettes. The Mountainettes bested the other 27 teams in the meet with 106 points. Hillsborough Community College of Tampa, Florida was the next closest team with 54 points. Matson achieved individual All-American honors for her performance and had the top 440 time in the nation coming into the national competition. Torrential rains and tornado warning winds in Kansas canceled the first day of the national meet, which shifted all of Matson's events for the meet into one day. The events she competed in were not the proverbial cakewalks either. Wanda won her first national title in the 440-yard dash with a time of 58.05 seconds. With less than 20 minutes rest, Matson then anchored the Mountainettes' national record-setting 880 yard medley relay team with a time of 153.27 and closed the day by anchoring another record-setting victory in the mile relay in 409.11. Flathead Valley Community College wouldn't have won the title without Matson's heroics, a toughness that was finally cultivated in a gritty hometown of Butte. I'm not sure a lot of you, uh, I'm a runner myself, uh, competed like that. Uh, trying to run like a 440 or 400 meters three times in one day under 58 seconds, that's quite a feat. Prior to being selected for, to run for the Flathead Valley Community College, 
<clears throat> by Montana women track coaching legend Neil Eliason. Matt's wins with Butte middle distance juggernaut of the Western A division. Wanda won the Western AA division in the time in the 443 times during her career as a Lady Bulldog, including a divisional record of 59.3 seconds as a junior in 1975. She finished second at the state AA meet as a senior and fourth as a junior and was awarded Butte High's prestigious Bill Hawk Award both years as a school's top girls track athlete. Growing up on the South Main Street as one of the six siblings born to Doreen and Howard Matson, Wanda honed her competitive excellence as both a volleyball player and track star under the tutelage of Butte High Sports Hall of Fame coach Jim Patrick at the Madison Grade School. Her top tier talent in the middle distances was noticed early as she was brought up to the Lady Bulldogs varsity from the East Middle School by another Butte Hall Sports Hall of Famer, head coach Pete Schonsberg, when she was only a freshman to compete in the 440 and relay teams. She won countless individual races and anchored many winning relay teams during her storied career wearing the purple and white. <clears throat> Matson passed away at her home surrounded by her loved ones in Roundup on October 9, 2022, after a long battle with the multiple system atrophy and a short battle with cancer. Wanda will be remembered as one of the greatest middle girls middle distance runners in the Butte history and should be enshrined for these exceptional talents in her unheralded fourth national championship medals in the NJCAA level in 1977. I guess the one thing I, uh, looking a little more into this myself, uh, if you go down at the, at the track down here, the Charlie Merrifield track, and you take a look at uh, all the boards down there, and they have like the top, all the top 10. Well, looking at the top 10, 400 meter dash, top of that meet, Wanda, Wanda Matson, 57.3, 1976. Second person, so just, I'll, I'll read the top 10 off of that list. Wanda, Erica McLeod, Maria Williamson, Anna Trudowski, Jackie Street, Elsa Janey, Lisa Merfield, Kelly Dennehy, Allie Cleverly, Beth Downey, Ashley Loy. All good athletes, really good athletes. Her time in that time is 9.9 seconds faster than the second person. I don't know how many run a, a 400 meters, but 0.9 seconds is huge. Uh, just on this merits alone, she graduated in 76, that still stands. That'd be 48 years from now that uh, that record still stands down there. I'd like to thank everybody for their, for their time. Thank you. Like the Ranger said, he's a runner too. Uh, he's quite the athlete. My dad worked, I think my dad worked with you once, Ray. He did. Yes. And he always talked about uh, that great Ray Manson, how good of a runner he was and how he wanted to be like that. We had Jim Lynch was here to speak for Pat Bolton, but Jim wasn't feeling well, so he went home. Uh, next we have uh, Logan Parvinen speak for his dad, Kevin Parvinen. I'm pretty sure Coach Street knows a little bit. Logan, I didn't even recognize Oh, I know. It's been a while all right, so I don't have any uh, documents with me, um, but if you guys do have any questions, you could feel free to ask Jim. 
they'll probably have most of the answers. And I know it's past your bedtime, Jim, so I'll make this quick for you, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Logan Parvenin. I'm here to talk about my dad, Kevin Parvenin. He was a part of the Buhai wrestling team back when they, in the middle of its legendary streak. Um, he started wrestling when he was five years old. Um, and even from then, he was accomplished at the age of 10 when he went to Grand Nationals. He placed fourth at Grand Nationals. He was one of the first from Butte to actually travel out of state for Grand Nationals. Um, he was a nine, he won nine uh, state AAU tournaments in a row from the age of nine um, all the way up until 18. Um, and then by the time he got to Butte High um, and for a sport like wrestling, um, it's a sport for the little guys. And my dad in ninth grade, he was 84 pounds. Um, but even then, his only, his, his only tournament his freshman year was a JV tournament, and he actually ended up placing third. Uh, his only loss came to uh, a beat the kid, who, the reigning BC uh, state champion. Um, sophomore year, um, he took third, and then his junior and senior year, he went undefeated um, and finished his high school career with a record of 77 and two. Uh, a record um, when he, by the time he graduated, he beat Bill, he uh, beat Bill Crum's record of most consecutive wins and most wins in a season. Um, he, after he graduated, he went on to wrestle at uh, Western for a little bit and then coaching uh, at the turn of the millennium. He was an assistant under Coach Street. Uh, he was also an assistant under Coach Bolton and Coach Metz. And then he was uh, blessed to become the head coach back in 2009 up until his resignation in 2012. Um, but uh, you can ask, anybody about wrestling like um we're, we're like the little guy can compete but with someone like my dad like size didn't matter he could compete with the best of them and um pat ryan even noted like he can beat the best up to 170 pounds and uh even in the practice room he didn't matter about it didn't matter about size he was practicing with the likes of trevor haas and all those other big guys so just helping them get better you know um, but yeah, um, I think I'm the only one here speaking for my dad, but I know Jim can vouch. Um, it was noted, I, I saw a quote from Jim um, when, his, when he won his state title his senior year. He said, uh, by the time spring rolls around and he walks across the stage at the Civic Center, tears are going to be flowing. So he, he has a big, and a lot of his accomplishments aim from the great Jim Street. So. Um, I think that's three minutes, but thank you guys. Hope you consider them. We're dang near done, guys. Uh, this next speaker was coaching when the Dead Sea was only sick. <laughs> the legendary, the one and only, Bob Green. I'm going to turn my microphone down here so uh, we don't blow his speakers. I got the pressure. I got some pressure. Coach is here to speak for Ron Richards. Well, hello, I'm Bob Green. It's good to see you all. You don't have an easy job. I have never attended this function before. So uh, my admiration and thanks to you all. Great job, uh, but a tough job. That is a tough job. All the presentations have been outstanding. 
Uh, I'm here to uh, advocate for Ron Richards. Ron and I coached together for 10 years here at Montana Tech. And I'll visit about the coaching thing in just a minute. I'm going to keep it right at three. Coaches spend a lot of time doing what they do. In college football, you meet, you could run small nations on the amount of time you meet. I mean, you meet, and Ron was a coordinator, so that's you spend more time. So you spend a lot of time together. Then you throw in recruiting, you throw in camps, you throw in going to clinics, you throw in traveling to the games and the playoff games. You spend a lot of time with each other. A lot. And there are coaches who are bullshitters. You probably never realized that. And Ron, not a bullshitter, but a good storyteller. Ron could carry a conversation. He had a lot of fun. But, you know, I did not know. I knew Ron was a good player. Uh, you know, you'd go all over the state, and, and, and people knew Ron, you know. Uh, uh, they knew that he was an exceptional player. And he's bigger than most kids his age. If you remember Ron, big man. But I, I, and I knew, you know, I knew he was a heck of a player at Butte and I knew he was a heck of a player at Missoula. But he never talked about these, uh, these incredible achievements. Never one time. And that's a lot of time. So I'm going to read a little bit from here and then go over a little bit about when Ron and I coached together. And hopefully that won't exceed my, uh, my limit. Ron Richards was a standout both as a player and a coach. He was the anchor of the offensive and defensive lines for two state championship teams at Butte High in 1967-1968. He was voted first team All-State following each season. He was a unanimous All-State pick on both sides of the football in 1968. Richards was a captain for the West in the 1969 Montana East-West Shrine Game. In 1999, Pat Carney named Richards to Butte's all-century football team. He went on to become an all-Big Sky Conference player at the University of Montana, playing guard and tackle for the Grizzlies. In 1972, Richards was awarded Team MVP honors as well as the UM's Paul Westcamp Award as that standing lineman. That year, Grizzly coaches said Richards was the most consistent performer on the line and rated him as the smartest football player they ever coached. Richards was part of the 1969 and 1970 Grizzly teams that went 10-1 and, and undefeated in the Big Sky Conference. He began his coaching as an assistant with the Grizzlies in 1973. The next year, he started coaching at Butte High, where he stayed until moving to Montana Tech in 1985. He served as offensive coordinator at Butte High and Tech. He was part of state champion teams at Butte High in 77 and 81. At Montana Tech, I was fortunate enough to, to coach with Ron for 10 years. In those 10 years, four of them were conference championship teams, three of them were national playoff teams, including the national championship game. He, uh, uh, and I'd coached, I coached for 40 years. I coached at four universities and two high schools. Uh, before coming here, uh, I, I liked them all. They were all great places. I'm a little different than most coaches, but uh, uh, Tech was the best. But uh, uh, I'd seen some really good coaches, some larger institutions. And the techniques that Ron was teaching to our old lineman back in, in, you know, when he first started were ahead of the guys that I had seen and really a huge factor in our success. I'd appreciate your consideration for Ron Richards as a player and a coach. You know, 
be in all state and be in all conference and win in conference championships and state championships are absolutely unquestionable marks of greatness. Thank you. There wasn't an original greenism in that one there. He didn't work hard on that one. Next up we have Franklin Schwartz for speaking for Don Tamier. Hello. Um, I would just like you guys to consider Don Tamietti. He was my coach since I was five. I was one of those underprivileged kids that he gave an opportunity to. Um, he just found, he brought out the best in you. He brought out, you know, he showed that path. He was the definition of what a coach should be like, what all coaches strive to be, what all students or student athletes strive to be. You know, he showed you if you work hard, you know, things pay out. Like he just, he took it that extra step that a lot of coaches don't. I mean, he took it above and beyond what, I mean, he's one of the coaches that I'll never forget. And I think you could ask any wrestler that's ever been taught by him that they'll never forget Don Tamietti. Um, I don't know. He just, he was a great guy. Like he just, he, he put in that extra effort every practice, every day. He found the people, you know, that might not got the attention from the other coaches, the kids that needed the help, you know, he would get them to find their true potential. You know, he would get them to strive to be the best that they could be. And he's one of those people that like, that I think all coaches and all athletes strive to have. Like, I don't think the Hall of Fame would exist without coaches like Don Tamietti, you know, or athletes like that. You know, if they're not, be, if the athletes aren't being taught by these types of coaches that are putting in this extra effort and this extra just love for, and passion for the sport, you know, this, I don't think we wouldn't even be standing here right now. So, I mean, he's like the core or the definition of why we are here. I mean, he's one of the best coaches, you know, he might not have wrestled or whatever, but he was one of the ones that put in more effort, more energy, more heart. I mean, even Coach Greenson, me and Danny would wrestle against each other, and we both wanted Coach Tamietti to be our coach, and he would coach me one time and then coach him. Like, he never left anybody out. He would always give everybody an opportunity, and I think that's huge in sports today because I think there's so many politics and stuff and, you know, people with names and that. And he wasn't that type of person. He gave every person a chance and an opportunity. And so I think he's definitely one of the best candidates. And with Coach Parvron, he was, uh, he, I was in high school wrestling with him, and he was the one that was working out with you. You know, he was sweating, you know, putting in that work. You know, cause some coaches, they teach, they teach the skills, they teach the stuff. But I mean, I mean, Coach Tammy Eddie would be on his hands and knees with the one eye just helping you, you know, butt crack hanging out and everything, just, you know, showing you how to do the stuff. You know, he was putting in that work to show you to become the best athlete that you could be. And so I think I'll end it with that, but yeah. Thank you, guys. That was pretty awesome. Is anybody else, that's all the list of people signed. Is anybody else who wanted to speak that didn't uh, sign in? I know Michelle looks like she wants to speak. All right. You want to say anything? Well, thanks, everybody, for coming. It was pretty cool to hear this. And, uh, again, this will be posted as a podcast at ButteCast.com. You can listen to that. And I just want to thank these guys up here, these guys and gals. This is a tough job. And you guys, uh, I'm glad I don't have to vote. Thank you. <laughs>